Uh, it's Opinions Are Cheap with Cameron and Chad. That's it. Oh, okay. I don't have a hi, bit. Hi, Cameron. How you doing? Normally I have a joke or something, but I'm doing okay. How are you eh. doing? I'm all right. I'm drinking, I'm drinking vodka mixed with grape juice, but it's low sugar grape juice. That's good. Because I'm responsible. I'm drinking... That's uh, the joke. It's, that's not a joke. You're relatively responsible. I mean, the vodka part's not. I'm drinking my uh, coconut rum that I keep going back to. Because I like pirates. And there's a pirate on the bottle. Pirates are fun. Yeah. I'm writing a book about pirates. Gay. <laughs> so, um, tonight, you picked the topic, right? We I feel like we both will take blame for this topic. Well, you brought it up, but I think it's because of personal experience. But you wanted to talk about incest? Oh, that fuck off, Cameron. <laughs> I can go find the uh, the comment that I, I sent to you in private. <laughs> Where was that? You know, you say it like that and it makes it sound a lot worse. Yeah, no, no, it was it was it was in a Discord chat uh for for MLP and someone goes, "Real talk, the only good straight twilight porn I've seen is incest." So, wait. So you you this was in a My Little Pony Discord? Yes. Why were they talking about Twilight? I don't know. Or are they referring to Twilight Sparkle? Twilight Sparkle. Oh! I thought we were going to talk about, like, vampire incest. No, 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 no. Okay, is, you know not, what? No, scrap the, this whole the... thing. The only thing... Okay, no. The only way to salvage this is we have to pick a new topic. Okay. Um... Uh... I... Should we like roll a dice? I can roll we dice. Don't have a w- okay. Holy shit! You had a dice on you. A die. We got nineteen. Okay. Check your dexterity bonus. You know what? You know dexterity bonuses are in Dungeons and Dragons, which is a fa- fantasy setting. Oh, that, maybe we should forget this noise. Let's just talk about fantasy. Well, let's just talk about fantasy. We didn't script that at all. That was great. We're so clever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can talk about the old, the old, the old fantasy. I like fantasy. Swords, magic, and dragons. I like wizards. Wizards are fun. I made a YouTube channel about wizards. You did. That's it. It's charming. It's okay. I'm gonna. You're, you're, you only got a couple videos. You got you got room to grow. I want to do a video on Ready Player Learn One spells. Oh God! I'm gonna. I'm gonna spoil it here. I want to do. Maybe we can workshop this. I'm going to call it Ready okay. Player One Let's Play, and it's just footage okay. of Roblox. Of what? Roblox. Roadblox? Roblox. I don't get it. You don't know what Roblox is? No. No one knows what Roblox is. Okay, maybe I'll just what scrap this whole idea. Oh my goodness. It's like a How do you spell it? Like, just roll? Like, roll like, roll, roll, roll your boat? R-O-B-L-O-X. Wow, I was really wrong. It's a free to play. F- it's like it's like a Second Life, but also Minecraft. But also oh. they sell toys at Target. But also you can play for free online. But also you can okay, spend so like eighty dollars is... on a hat if you want to. No, this is a funny joke. It's just I don't know who the 
I've never heard of this before. Like, I, I get why it's funny now that I've been, it's been explained. But, well, this is what's confusing me, because I talked to a friend at work it's about so this. It's so ugly. And he'd never seen Roblox before. And it's like, okay, it's like, to me, it's like not knowing what Minecraft is. Because it was like everywhere. They're advertising on TV. This has been around for like eight years or something now. There is a Roblox Ready Player One Adventure Clues. There, Oh, there really is? Yeah, it's like the fucking second thing that comes up. Jeez. Okay, you know, maybe I'll do it. I don't know. I'll. Cause you're going to have the visual to help you, though, so it's going to make more sense in context. Like, people will be like, oh, that's a fucking weird video game, even if they don't know it. Maybe. So, you know, you, you have that handicap. The point is, I spent, like, five Roblox... No, that's not it. I spent, like, five Robux on a wizard hat. Because I like to be a wizard. Okay. I want to be a wizard when I grow up. Wizards are fun. I usually don't play wizard classes very often when I have the option. Like I like like having like a spell at my disposal to like pull or you know to be a coward and run away. But I'm I'm usually going with the with the swords. Now, when you say sword, do you like the sword and shield thing, or do you like the giant like Buster Sword or Great Sword or something? I like the big old big old Buster Sword. I've never been much for shields either. Until I played Dark Souls 3 and I kind of had to use one sometimes. I love shields. Like my, I mean, shields are cool. My ideal wizard setup is like with one of those small buckle shields and a small sword like Gandalf would have. Okay. They're called, uh, they're either called Targas or, um, shit, I was, I was researching fucking shields the other day for my dumb book. I can't remember. Bucklers. Yeah, isn't that what I said? You said buckle, I think. Oh. Okay. You might have said buckle. No, I, I, just I think I did right. say buckle. But that kind. Mm-hmm. I'd do that. Yeah, my main character has one of those. She's a pirate with a shield. That's why, and that's what makes her stand out. She should have, like, a peg leg that's also a shield. Like, it's just, it's a, <laughs> it's like a saucer that she balances on. <laughs> That'd be funny. I, I'm, I'll be honest, though. When it comes to fantasy, I don't, I don't actually know what we should talk about. Other, you know, it's a pretty big genre. Well, that's what I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, I like to write notes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is about Ant Man. Did I? <laughs> I grabbed the wrong notes today. I was gonna say we we like picked this topic like two hours ago. I don't know how you had time to make notes. No, we've been talking about this one for like you wanted to do this one before sci fi, but we ended up doing sci fi first. Um, Has it been that long? I, oh, well, I grabbed the wrong note page. Um, okay, let me try to remember what I wrote down. Oh, you, well, you mentioned D&D. I did. Like kind of, you know, fantasy style I did, stuff. I did and did. You did and did. did. did um, yeah. Have you ever played D&D? I have not. Oh. I, I've always wanted to, and then I don't know anybody. And then I remember there was one time, and I think when we were in college, um, we were going to do a Star Wars D&D, and I made a character and I wrote a poem about him, and then we never got any further than that. Yeah, sometimes you, you get to the building phase, and that's enough fun. He was, he was going to be Ewok Jedi named Fuzzy Lepidus. I like that. Remember that? Yeah. I wrote the poem when I was in a sociology class because that class was pouring. Man, I did some of my best like dungeon master planning during college classes. I'd have a notebook. There's just some and, like, that... you know, I'd, I'd have a page for relevant information and then like another page that I kept going back to and I'm like charting out maps and, and naming elf cultures and 
So something um, something I like about D&D is the way that the the world building is always flexible because depending on the kind of story you want to tell, you can kind of do your own twist on it. And sure. one of my favorite things specifically in D&D is that it, it, like for the base kind of Dungeons and Dragons approach, you're looking at a very cliche, you know, Tolkien-esque world. Yep. Uh but there's this one really cool variant called Dark Sun. Is that where My Chemical Romance is from? Yes. It's a different plane. <clears throat> so, and it, well, anyways, it comes with a lot of different rules. And it's kind of like Mad Max for D&D, where oh. it's all desert. Like, water is a rare commodity. Uh, metal is a rare commodity. Like, I think iron or steel, probably iron is, like, the most valuable material. So, like, a king's crown would be made out of iron, and it's the most iron you've ever seen in one place is on that one guy's head. Sure. And, like, magic is forbidden because everyone's like, thinks it's evil. So, you know, typically you just go, like, well, I'll roll a wizard, and I'll, I'll be a dwarf with an axe. And it's like, those are not options at all. And it's... It, it, it's neat because they put just enough tweaks in it that you have to reassess how you think and how you plan out a dungeon adventure. So even if you've been playing D&D for years, it's like, hey, you got to start over from scratch here and like relearn the rules of the world. Huh. That sounds cool. <laughs> it's really cool. In my um, the first book I ever wrote, which was a fantasy book, a good chunk of it takes place in a desert. And that was kind of fun because it, you know, the, uh, I don't see a whole lot of fantasy stuff that takes place in deserts. Uh, and so just, just the idea of like researching like what, what minerals are available, you know, to make weapons, you know, what, uh, how are, you know, how would a society be structured because, you know, water would be a rare commodity and yeah, it was, uh, it was fun to, to play with. Yeah. And then I got bored. So I put a jungle underneath the desert Yay. because of magic. Everybody wins. So they, yeah. So, uh, what was the other thing? I was going somewhere with Dark Sun, and I got distracted describing what it was. <laughs> um. Oh, so w when I think about fantasy, like if I wanted to write a story or if I want to plan out a D and D campaign, the first thing I think about is like what how much magic exists. Like, should it sure should it be like there's kind of a scale in my mind where there's like. There's medieval times, and there's, like, Merlin, who is the one wizard. And there's, like, stories of a guy who could summon a dragon out of fire, but it, no one's actually ever seen it. And then there's the other stuff where it's like Harry Potter, where everyone's relatively magical, and it's the same as owning a cell phone. Yeah. And I feel like there's a sliding scale where you kind of have to pick, like, if you go into a shop, uh, do you anticipate that they could magically fix your sword? Or if you ask the question, will they be offended? And I think that's an important sure. rule for most fantasy settings. It's like, okay, what? how fantastical is the fantasy? <clears throat> yeah, it... I know reading, like, uh, like Driz the Drizzt books, where, like, there's a lot of fantasy, but it's only ever around when, like, the plot needs it, or if they're, like, fighting a wizard. Yeah. Um... Or like you know, as as Drizzt, you know, it levels up. Basically, he gets like some magical items, but they're like it's like these make me run faster. 
Or like, I don't have to worry about sharpening my sword because it's magic and it doesn't dull. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it's just kind of stuff like like that to make you know the author's life easier. <laughs> but then they'll you know then they'll go to like Silvery Moon or whatever the name of the city is, where like all the elves are, and there's it's Magic City Central, and everybody's got spells, and it's like, how come the world? How come this is only in this one city? Why isn't that town? You know, because you'd think like if a wizard can can make a magic thing to put outside his shop, he could sell that to a place with no magic, and then they'd have a little bit of magic. Well, yeah, and that's another question that, like, when I think about Harry Potter, people always ask, why don't they just shoot Voldemort? It's like, if you... I mean, to be fair... Well, it's like, when you offer too many magic solutions to things, it's like, why don't you just use the fireplace thing and go to literally anywhere? Why Why do they even have trains? And it's like, you, you, sometimes you have to do hand-waving, and then sometimes you can explain it. And the trick is telling a story that's engaging enough where you don't think about that stuff. I generally think with Harry Potter, that's the case until you're done. But maybe it's just because I was, you know, of the age when I read it where none of that stuff would have bothered me or even crossed my mind. And then you go back as an adult and it's like, oh man, there's a lot of really weird, like, world-building holes in this in this franchise. But it's fun. Why is that tree there? The, like, the Whomping Willow? Yeah, the deadly tree that will kill anyone. They put it there um, with the... Because Sirius Black was like... A, he was a werewolf. And that and there was a passage from there to the uh, Shrieking Shack in... Uh, so they planted the Ogsby. tree there? So they planted the tree so no one would go in there because there's a werewolf in there and he's dangerous too. Okay. And so I was like, hey, you gotta stay away from the magic tree because the werewolf will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> the adults in Harry Potter are stupid. But there I, was a there was a reason for it. They did explain it. Okay. Whatever. I don't. I don't want to talk about Harry Potter too much. I do like Harry Potter. <clears throat> um. So, oh, where was I? Oh, so like this is a thing that comes up a lot in Warcraft, where for some reason they <laughs> they did an expansion <coughs> where one of the characters went like back in time to a parallel dimension where Draenor didn't blow up and he he brought current technology back with them and war plans and he basically he united all the orc clans and gave them modern weaponry so that he would have an army that was capable of taking over Azeroth so you go through a portal to invade back and like stop this army and it's like to to do that there has to be this giant magic portal that's being fueled by the world's most powerful warlock. <laughs> I thought the po- magic, the time stuff was fueled by a dragon. No, this one is fueled by Gul'dan. Oh, not Norsdemu. Um, I think he helped. And what's weird is that he, Garrosh tricked Norsdemu to taking him back in time, and then Garrosh killed him. So it's like, well, wait, you killed a time dragon? Like, he couldn't see that coming? But So anyways, what's funny is you go back in time, and you, you free Gul'dan, so he's not fueling the portal anymore. And then, so it's like, the portal cuts off, and you're now trapped in this alternate dimension in the past. So it's like, well, now what? And there's all these orcs trying to kill you. It's like, now what? So you run away, and then someone makes the portal to Stormwind, and they bring in a garrison... And like, hey, you can return to Stormwind using this portal. 
And it's like, okay, I understand why they have to put that there for gameplay reasons. But it's like, okay, if two mages from Stormwind can just open a portal to another dimension uh, anywhere they want. Why why do you need a fucking dragon to help you? Why do you need anything? I mean, open a portal to a different alternate dimension where there's a bunch of good guys. I like when they did this whole expansion, it was the worst thing for the storytelling because now everyone's like, we'll just make a portal that has an army in it. <coughs> yeah. Apparently one guy can do it on his own. <laughs> Man, time travel is not something I enjoy when fiction, you know, like, no, it's not my favorite. <laughs> no, like, like Kung Fury does it pretty well because Kung Fury is stupid and it knows it's stupid and it's glorious, but that's like a comedy. Yeah, and, and Steins Gate did it pretty well too, I suppose. But I, I generally, I don't. It just it causes more problems than it solves. Especially if it's just for some like quest line that they have to like resolve in X amount of game hours because you need to get your loots and then get back to Stormwind. It, it seems like you know like there should have been a lot more there, or you should have just been fucking stuck there. But obviously, they can't do that in World of Warcraft. Yeah, and it's like. Ah, it's not worth talking about. That that's another thing is I think if I was doing a D and D campaign and my player characters they wanted to go back in time for some reason, I would feel obligated to mess with them. Sure. And I what I would do is I tell them, okay, there's a chronomancer, but he's not trustworthy, and you got to go find him. And they go find the Chronomancer, and he wants the relic. He needs the Black Diamond of Dazook. So they go on a quest to find the Black Diamond. They bring it back, and he says, Aha, with this I can fuel the time portal. And he opens a portal, and they step through it, and then they're in like a lush jungle with dinosaurs. <laughs> and then they like fight the dinosaurs, and then like the, eventually they get to a dock with a ship, and they realize that they're just on like the south side of the continent. And they didn't actually travel through time at all. I like that. They got like Chronomancer just fucked with them. Yeah, and this would be like over the course of maybe a couple months to tell this whole story. Yeah, and I feel like that would be rewarding to me, but frustrating to them. Man, I've I've had that thought with um like long running shonen anime, like the idea that like you get like a hundred episodes into Inuyasha, and then Kagome wakes up and finds out it was all a coma. And then now she's got to like acclimate to being in the real world, and Inuyasha never existed, and Moroku never existed, or it was her doctor who felt her up when she was asleep. Man, I like that like, one where she thought that she was in a coma. Yeah, where like she woke up kind of... and like she was seeing these familiar faces, but they're just high school students or whatever. And it's like something's not yeah. right, but whatever, this is all normal, but it's not right. But it's like if that were if that were real, and then it goes forward, and now it's not like a shonen anime. It's like this drama of this like poor woman who like was hit by a car, and like she's got to go through physical therapy. But you get like a hundred episodes of shonen bullshit. Like to me, that would be great. It would enrage everybody though, because you know what I would love. Who want shonen aren't gonna get it, and then this, then it would get spoiled, and people would be like, "Oh, who gives a shit?" Because now we know the twist. No, this is the final shot. Like she's doing that like walking therapy. And she like falls again, and the and the nurse is like, "Here, maybe we should stop for today." But Kagome looks up, and she has a cast on her arm, and there's like a little drawing of Inuyasha that she put there. And then like she looks at that for a bit, and then like wills herself to like tr- stand up and try again, and then it cuts to credits. Yeah, it, I like that a lot, and it it would just I don't think anybody would be happy, but like six people on the planet. 
<laughs> and you and me would be two of them. Man, that would be great. Richard can join us. He No, he likes Inuyasha the way it is. Ah, oh, fuck. I mean, I do too, but it would, you know. <laughs> the two best episodes of Inuyasha are the filler ones where they're doing like the high school, um, uh, the, what's it called, the, they all get, they have like a big festival. And it's always a topic in anime with high schools. So yes. like, oh, we gotta take a week off and do the festival. Yeah, the, the, we have to do for festival. And it's like, this is clearly like a Japanese tradition that they're not translating well. Yeah, but that those two episodes are like the funniest fucking episodes that whole anime. And it's it's so stupid. And there's like a dumb Romeo and Juliet thing. And Inuyasha blows half the school up. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking great. Did you see Code Geass? Yes. I love the one where they're having a festival and they decide to make the largest Pizza Hut pizza. Oh, yeah. And, like... <laughs> the product place in that And anime. it was just so... <laughs> that was the plot of the episode. was like, we gotta find the cat. There's a giant pizza. The cat stole my helmet. There's a giant pizza. And I remember watching this, like, do I want to put up with this for, like, another 40 episodes? I really like Code Geass. It's good, but you have to tough through a lot of garbage. Like, the payoff at the end is worth it, but man, I cannot recommend that to anyone. Really? I I haven't seen it in a bit, but I remember really liking that one and actually recommending it to people. It's sort of like, it's like Death Note, but the second season isn't shit. Well, it's... <clears throat> what they did was they pitch, like, a mech fighting anime, but it turns into, like, political intrigue and a lot less mechs. But yeah. then even faster than that, it turns into, like, high school... Uh, antics. I don't think there's that much of that. The first like, season, no, the first season is mostly high school antics, and it's like, how do I keep my secret identity from my classmates, and also go to literature club while I'm fueling the revolution to free the world from Japan's tyranny, or whatever. <clears throat> and so, what's weird is that first season is like underwhelming and bland, but they set up so many little things. That when the second season focuses on war, it's like, man, you almost have a feeling for the innocents lost because they've gone through so much stuff and like characters will die or go through trauma. And it's like, oh, man, I wish that they got that pizza back then because that was <laughs> the last time they would have been happy. Yeah. You know, there's payoff yeah, to it. Two's great. Yeah. It, it, I mean, really, the last five episodes, if you don't watch the series, you won't get any of it. But it's some of the best anime I've seen in years. Have you seen um Code Mint? No. So that that's the Code Yes Abridge series. It only goes to episode sixteen, and then the guy stops, which is sad. Oh. He he makes all of the characters really stupid, and then tries to work around the plot with like everyone being just exceptionally dumb. And it's really funny. And there's some crossovers with uh Soul Eater for no goddamn reason <laughs> other than he could. Uh, so we're definitely worth a watch. One thing I remember I wanted to talk about in fantasy. I feel like there's a, an important element to fantasy that sometimes people forget, but I tend to associate it with uh, chivalry or okay. or like a, some kind of code of honor. Like there needs to be like a really noble samurai character. 
Hmm. That makes fantasy more entertaining because it basically it presents it as a fairy tale where it's like, look, there's a good ending. It's not like we gave the army the only weapons and they rape villagers. Like, don't think about the history too much. It's a samurai that will save the day. It's a knight in shining armor that will save that princess. You know, I would say all the fantasy stories that come to mind right now have have that character to at least some degree. And I think there's also a clever way to intentionally do the opposite. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, betrayal and stuff that makes Game of Thrones work, but almost because you're expecting good to win out because it's a fantasy setting. So you want that fairy tale sure. ending, and it's like, oh, man, it's bad again. Whoa. And it hits you harder because it's subverting expectations just by sitting down to watch dragons. Yeah, I'm... I guess like yeah, Game of Thrones has a, a handful of like those characters, and then some of them die, but at least they're there. Like there's, yeah, there's like always hope until I don't know maybe like the end of the fifth book or whatever, and then and then he's not gonna write anymore because. <sighs> you ever watch uh, or you ever play For Honor? Uh no. Man, I love that game, and I bought it because I love the historically accurate armors and the historically accurate combat techniques. And it's really just, it's like a Call of Duty map where it's like you have to take Bravo Point and Alpha Point. It's just that you're all knights fighting samurais and vikings. That sounds fun. It's really fun. Like, I honestly, that might be on my, like, 2017 game of the year list if they got the servers to work better. Sure. Um, But what's what's funny is they started working in these weird fantasy things. And I bought it for the historically accurate stuff because I'm kind of like, you know, there's a lot of games with fantastical elements. I don't care. I want something different. So then they had like a ninja who can like teleport around and, and it's like, okay, that's great. And it's like, you can set your sword on fire and, and summon the, the wolf zombies. And it's like, okay, that's, this is getting away from what I signed up for. I like a lot of that. Like, if I don't know. Fantasy as a genre is one that I both respect and don't, because I feel like most of the stuff I've experienced with it is not good, but it's a lot of fun. It's definitely like a, a, a genre I associate with like being in high school because that's when I was like you know reading all the Dragonlance books and shit. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's just weird to like. If I want to read a fantasy book, I usually it's something I'll reread something I used to like, because I have like a nostalgic connection. You know, like rereading like Redwall, um, which aren't that fantasy in a way, because you know, it's not like any real magic other than the ghost of Martin walking around every once in a while. But I have like a really, you know, big connection to that world. Or like rereading reading the the Drizzt books, you know, the it's the same thing. It, but it's not like it's not good storytelling most of the time. And then you got these series that like people are like, no, this one's actually really good. It's like, yeah, but it's like fifteen books. I don't have fucking time for that. Yeah. And it's it's really the, <laughs> some of these series are really like Code Geass in book form, where it's like, oh man, when it gets to book five, it all comes together. So like, that's good. That's good. Oh man, fantasy books are usually four hundred to five hundred pages long. There's that's a ways. there's a book series that my brother and his wife will not shut up about, and I cannot for the life of you tell you what it's called. And it's <laughs> like the. There's these neat concepts, and they'll tell me about these concepts, where it's like, yeah, everybody, like, you can do magic if you're in tune with nature in a certain way, and you're born that way, 
but to do it, it's like you have to swallow a specific stone, and based on like the, what the mineral of the stone is, that's the kind of magic you can do. And it's like that's kind of a cool idea. Well, there's these cool ideas, but I'll ask him what the story is about, and I my brain turns off. It's like I like the is world it written bidding. by Brian Sanderson. It's just I don't even know. It's like because he writes a lot of books. It, <sighs> I don't know. I I got a Drizzt book on Audible, and I play that in the background sometimes. And it's uh like I like it, but it's interesting that you you'll talk about how you like those books, like at least in a nostalgic way. Mm-hmm. But for me, it feels like so deliberately, uh, an advertisement. Yeah, you've mentioned that like uh, certain like things that happen in the world, it, it's like advertising the next D and D campaign thing that comes out because they they did the spell forge or the the spell plague or whatever it was called. Yeah, but it's also like the way they present it, it's almost like a rule book on how to run your game. Because it's like the 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 queen, uh, you know, demanded the challenge of the bloodletting and Drizzt fought the Volker monster um and he defeated it and he was rewarded with these boots as and he put them on and it's like wow, these boots are so they're magically enchanted so i don't make a sound when i step and it's like yeah and that you can find that at home on page 45 of your dungeon manual sure with all the stats so your players can be rewarded with the right of cthune <laughs> yeah it's weird to like i have not cuz i don't know anything really about D other than like what you get through pop culture but then i have like 26 of those fucking drizzit books which are as you said like maps to how to play D. Yeah, and it it almost uh it almost taints the experience because I understand like oh they're deliberately referencing this stuff and it's less about world building. And I guess to me it was always it was world building because I you know I don't know anything about the world other than what I got there. But it was also so an engaging like, story. It's like for me I would rather play the game, but because you never did, sure. you got to enjoy it. Yeah. Um you know what's really good is the Guild Wars 2 books. Oh yeah, they're re- oh shoot. You know what? Look those up if you want to read something new. Because Guild Wars has some cool lore behind it. The books are way better than anything in the game. <laughs> like they, they do kind of the same thing where they'll reference stuff and they they introduce like one of each player race so that there's like a full party of five. Okay, but it stops there and it really turns into like, why does the city look like this? And they go into the history of what the shipwreck city is made out of and and like the or the war between the human and the char and like why they're angry and what's neat is that it feels genuine like it doesn't feel like this is a setup for that one raid that comes out next fall it it, right. it actually feels like oh you have to read this stuff before you play the game so that you kind of appreciate you know like the stories that your character's parents would have told them about like it, okay. it feels cool. really good and nothing in the game is as entertaining as the books. <laughs> like, I got, I read two of the books before the game came out, and I'm playing it, and it's like, oh, there's that character, I get to meet him, and it's like, oh, that, it's, that's a boring quest, I'm done. It's, um, I feel like, like, in, in my experience with the Drizzt books, at least later on, they, they kind of get that way too. I know, like, like when, when, you know, Bruner finds Gondolgrim for the, like, the first time, that was a really like big emotional moment because he'd been looking for that fucking place for so long, 
and it, you know, and it's like I guess that's a setting in Dungeons and Dragons, and it's like, hey, if you you want to run a campaign where you want to go through this this city and fight some dragons and some demons because they took over, you can. But reading it as a, as following this character over you know twenty some books, it was a it was a pretty big you know moment. Yeah, and that's and the, those books are still good. There's just there'll be these moments where eh, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is like deliberately written in a way. Um, did I tell you about the Illidan Stormrage book? No. So before Legion expansion comes out, they release a book, uh, basically telling the story that they never did. Like Illidan was basically the end boss of the Burning Crusade expansion. Yep. But there's no story explaining what he's actually up to. Yeah, you're right. It's it's almost odd how little of him you see. So he just kind of shows up. So like, here's T six. Have fun. Yeah, it really is, and it's just it's strange, and you don't even know what he's up to. Like when you invade the the whole keep, it's like what is he doing here? And you kill him. So what was kind of cool is they released this book, and it explains everything that you never saw as players. So. Like, it follows Maiev, like, tracking him, but it also follows from his perspective what he's doing. And it was a really interesting read until the final chapter. Because the final chapter describes the raid, like, too much. Oh, yeah, you have brought this up, where it seems it's like he's fighting, like, an actual, like, 40-man raid, and, and like, they're healing each other, and there's tanks, and... And they, they literally, like, they, they reference, um... The, the characters that have the spoken dialogue in those scenes, just word for word, the same lines. And then it describes, it's like, <clears throat> you know, and then in Illidan had enough. And he said, you are not prepared. And then he threw his glaives and summoned two ads that focused on the healers. And, and then a warlock charged his demon at him. But then the paladin uh, cleansed him, and then a hunter shot a volley of arrows and had a cheetah and a, a, a lion pet for some reason. And also, then there was <laughs> another, a warrior with a big shield, and he charged, and then there was a priest that healed the paladin, and then there was a mage that summoned a cauldron that was helping all of his allies, and then there was a shaman that threw down totems that, that spewed fire, and then there was... Uh, whatever the rogue that t- was, uh, he was cloaked and he jumped on Illidan's back and and Illidan he said, "You are not prepared." Combat. And it's like beat for beat, it just lists all the classes and a thing that they did in that expansion. Sure. And it's like, wow, this completely takes me out of the story. And then that's the end. That's the last chapter is him dying with the quotes from the game. And it's like, yeah, oh, well, I guess I'm done. I guess I read the Wretched Knack books, and he was in uh, he was in those. Illidan is like uh, you know he got yeah. seduced by the the demons and stuff. So I got, I had some backstory based on like those novels. Um, and there's but yeah, in the game, it's not really there. Yeah, there's some stuff, and they they rewrote some things. They kind of retconned some stuff, but it's like oh, they had this interesting thing, but then they relied too much on the fact that it's an intellectual property. People want catchphrases. They want their references. Um, you know what worked better? There's a cla- or there's a there's a quest in the game where you're looking for Illidan's lost soul because you you have his body, 
Um, but he's still like the chosen one that will save the day. So it's like you're trying to find the fragments of his soul and you see visions of his life and you, you actually play as him. And so there's like different parts of his life where you're walking around as Illidan and it gets to the point where you're playing him during the raid. And it's kind of funny because they have this whole raid sequence set up, but you have his move set and it's playing the same like cinematic lines and you can look at the players, and what they did was they took the world first raid clear, and they applied the names to these NPCs. Um, except, oh, nice. like Johnny Awesome is in the back, and he's AFK. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like while this dramatic stuff is going on, the NPCs are setting up like raid markers and saying like, "Looking for buffs, uh, you know, clear. Make sure you turn your your pet taunt off." Um, and it's it's a cute sequence, and it's a lot more fun in game than it was in book. I think a lot of things like that can get you get away with an end game because you're you know you're you're move, you're doing something you're you're playing the experience instead of looking at it but you're also you're you're playing a game and it's a little thing on the side yeah and it's like you know this is kind of a rewarding treat it's not the climax to an epic story yeah <clears throat> I remember enjoying uh Richard Nack's books I reread them three or four years ago and still had fun. There's some really bad writing in them, but they're like superhero books. Like the the main characters, it's just like everybody's like level 70 and they're fighting people level 55. But they have to fight a lot of people. And so it's <laughs> balances out or whatever. Yeah. And it, it, it was it was it was dumb fun, but it was fun. Have you ever seen a movie called Merlin's Shop of Mystical Wonders? I have not. So this is on Mystery Science Theater. And I'm pretty sure, folks at home, you can find it on YouTube or Netflix. But <clears throat> the the premise of the movie is the power goes out, and Grandpa is babysitting Junior, and they just saw, and when I say they, I mean the writers of the movie, just saw the Princess Bride. So like, well, let's do that framing device where Grandpa reads to Junior. So he's like, well, wait, I, I remember when I used to work in Hollywood, I wrote a script once about Merlin who opened a mystical shop of wonders. He came to present-day times using his magic, and he wanted to sell magic to present-day people in present-day times, but it was Merlin. And so, it, it comes back to the question of, like, when you put, when you insert magic into a setting, it really just raises questions, because the first thing he does is he sets up a magical shop, and this guy walks in, and he gets a book, and goes home, and just starts reading aloud from the book. And he shoots fire out of his eyes, and he, and he turns a cat into a demon, and he, he like transforms himself into a baby by accident. And it's like this is gonna get on the news. <laughs> at, at any point, someone's gonna find out that magic is happening, the same day that a magic shop opened, with a guy yeah. that's claiming to be Merlin. Um, it's so weird. It because it's just it feels like this is supposed to be straight to TV. They didn't have time for a second read. They're like, ah, just go with it. And what makes it not enjoyable to watch is like, wow, this concept is so weak because it's like magic is fun. You can do anything. And this is what you decided to do with it. I, I it's one of those things like urban fantasy is a thing. Um, you know, magic in the real world kind of thing. Oh, did, but, uh, did you ever see Bright? 
No. Oh, oh, really? Hmm. You've 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 mentioned it a couple times in in Facebook chat to me that it's it's like Lord of the maybe Rings. Maybe an interesting idea Zootopia. and like the laziest execution possible. Yeah, it's like they they have a fine idea. The urban fantasy is there. You know, it's like they have mm-hmm. um they have a fairy zapper hanging on the front lawn. You know, like little stuff where. You just sort of take, you know, you accept that there are elves and magic, and that's above your pay grade, so you don't care. Yeah, and it's th- there's there's a charming quality to that. <clears throat> I remember I wrote a short story for a for a Hobbit a dumb thing, it, <laughs> and uh, it was it was urban fantasy, and one of the comments I got was like, "I don't get why there's magic in the real world. That doesn't make any sense." It's like this fucking genre, dude. <laughs> Or have you that was living? an actual complaint. That was an actual complaint. He's like, I really liked it until I found out it was in the real world, and then I was just like, that doesn't make any sense. The real world doesn't have magic. <laughs> like, you're a I, fucking idiot, dude. You should go into that My Little Pony Discord and say, wait, why do these horses have all these colors and stuff? Who's painting these horses? <laughs> just don't add up. No, not a bit. But Pinkie Pie likes donuts. That's okay. Donut, 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 yeah. That didn't work. Uh, fantasy books, what else can we talk about? I feel like a big thing with fantasy is world building. Like, you enter a fantasy series because you want to see this world that is completely different from your own, even though it's really familiar to your own because, you know, so I, it's got to be safe. Y- you asked what else we could talk about. I turned mm-hmm. my head to look at my bookshelf. Um, yeah, that's what I did too. Guess what's on my bookshelf? Um... The Dungeons and Dragons manual number four. So I have, I have four books from Dungeons and Dragons four. I have three books from three point five. I have one book from five. I have the core rule book for Pathfinder. I have the cool rule core rule book for Star Wars uh, Legacy role playing game. The core rule book for Star Wars Edge of Empire. Um. The core rulebook for Mutants and Masterminds, which is a superhero ripoff of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. And then I have a, a Hearthstone cookbook and a World of Warcraft cookbook. That's impressive. I, I was. I don't have any like any novels. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm looking at a bunch of fantasy novels. Um, you know, most either Dragonlance or. Oh or wait, there's one. I got the Forgotten Bible. Realms. Oh, there you go. Um, and the art of Atari. I wonder if I should go get a beer real quick. You can get a beer real quick. Let me clap. Right, we got like 20 minutes left. I'll be right back. Okay. I, I may have mentioned this before, but doing this podcast has really fucked with my drinking habits, because now I drink, like, really heavily on Wednesday and Thursday, and then I don't drink on Friday. <laughs> like, I sit down to play video games with my brother, and I get, like, a coffee. <laughs> and I'm just like, I guess I'm not gonna be hungover tomorrow, that's cool. We should, um, we should play more Overwatch while drunk. Joe actually was, uh, if, we, if we wanted to play when we're done with the podcast, he's down. 
Oh, I'm game tonight. I was gonna do another chapter of my comic, but that takes like five minutes. Yeah, I got. I should really do another page in my book because I only wrote three today. <clears throat> um, that takes like a half an hour. Oh, but I can do that before bed. So we talked a lot about magic and anime, but the other part of fantasy for me is monsters. Okay. What makes a good fantasy setting is when, like, you got in the woods and you know what? Watch out! There's a dragon, or there's a there's a short person, or there's a colored person. But it, <laughs> I mean, like, blue because they're a fairy. That <laughs> came out so wrong. That's really funny. And it's like you know, mermaids and um, what's I love minotaurs. Like, I do a, I do a weekly comic strip about minotaurs because I love minotaurs so much. Like, that stuff makes fantasy for me. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I need a minotaur wizard. That would be cool. <coughs> Torin can't be wizards. They can be druids. Are you sure? I have no idea. They've made so many fucking changes. I, you know, I think actually you're onto something. I'm going to look that up real quick. But, I mean, what what are your favorite fantasy monsters? Man, I, I, you can't go wrong with, like, a dragon. Dragons are cool. After that, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the more iconic ones, and there's definitely, like, you said some of them. I like hippogriffs, but they're not really monsters. They're usually, like, a thing that you can ride, or uh, are named Buckbeak. No, I was a griffin. Oh, you're right. They cannot be mages, warlocks, or rogues. Which makes sense on all accounts. Yeah, that's fine. So, yeah, I like, um, I think it might depend on the setting. Because there's a lot of goofy shit in, like, the, the Forgotten Realms books. And it's fun in, in context, but out of context, I wouldn't say, like, they're my favorite, you know? Yeah. Um, I like mermaids, but I tend to like them more when they're fish monsters and not just a literal, like, human half, fish half. Sure. Uh, I showed you that miniature I painted, right? Where it's like a lionfish. Yeah, that thing was fucking cool. It's like, I, I like stuff like that, or like a shark mermaid. Like, I, I love more animalistic monsters. Um, Oh my god, I should have mermaids in my fucking book I'm writing. Oh, you're doing a pirate book, right? Yeah. With pirate but adventures? But it's sky pirates. So, oh, uh, cloud maidens. There, could, there you go, I should have something like that. Oh, you know what, they, sh- cloud they should be um harpies. I should have fucking harpies in this book. I don't know. I'm only on chapter five. And they, almost uh, seventy fucking pages in chapters. <laughs> but like, so write long. notes. Um. Yeah, I love uh, when I'm playing video games. I always go for monster races. Like I boot yeah. up WoW, and it's like I want to be the Minotaur. And I actually, I'm not kidding. I shouldn't have done this, but I bought like alpha access into this game called like Crowfall or Crow Legacy or something. And it's a new MMO. It's in hyper early alpha, but it has playable centaurs. So it's like, okay, here's my sixty bucks. Tell me when it's done. Sure. It's like that's all it took to you know pitch to me. It's like well, something that's not a human. Okay, yeah, finally. I like. They're not monsters, but I really like elves. Elves are monsters. I like. I like the idea that they can live so much longer than us, and it just completely changes their culture if they're written well. You know, like, and how they view the world and stuff, because what's a year to them? A year's like a day. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, I I love, and not to go back to Warcraft too much, 
But I love how, like, Illidan has been alive for, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And he's been in prison for 10,000 years. And it's it, there's that a great suck. line in the book where uh where his um the the girl that he likes um frees him from prison because the demons are back and she knows that Illidan's the only one that could stop it so she frees him and it's funny because his catchphrase is always like you know feel the fury of ten thousand years so it gets that part in the book and she lets him out and he's all sore and stuff and he's like man. I, uh, I can't believe uh, how fast 5,000 years went by. And she's like, no, it's been 10,000 years. And he's like, what? Yeah, that's pretty wild. I like, um, what do you think about demons and stuff like that in fantasy? Because those, those show up a lot in the Forgotten Realms stuff. I'm guessing they're a pretty big staple in D&D. Uh, I think, um, I think if we talk about demons... It depends a lot on how the cosmology and spirituality of the world is set up. Because sometimes there'll be, like, a really lazy, uh, like, Catholic comparison. Where it's just like, oh yeah, there's a heaven and there's a hell. And there's a corrupt um, pope. And it's like, okay, that's great. And then they'll do the other stuff where there's, like, actually a fire dimension where demons come from. Yeah, that's what they do in Forgotten Realms. It's and it's like, cool. you know what? That's maybe Love a little it. more fun just to shake things up. Um, Especially when they're not inherently evil. They just tend to be. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you can get some depth where, like, this demon has an angle and you can work together with them for just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I enjoy that. Um, I don't know if I have a whole lot more to say. I mean, they really just kind of come down to, like, it's another cool monster for them to fight. Uh, only there's more fire. Yeah. Let's give Drizzt an ice sword so he can counter it. Um, I don't like, uh, talking about Blizzard games, I don't really like the world of Diablo. It's not very good. It's it's kind of lazy, and I wish they would reboot it. Because the art design is cool. Like, I play Diablo characters on Heroes of the Storm, but I just don't care about the game. And it's like... How it works is there's a hell dimension and there's a heaven dimension and they're constantly at war. And then there's like a mundane advent, uh, dimension with mortals on it that get caught Yo. in the middle ground. And it's like... Diablo... Eh, Diablo... It, it's lame. Yeah, I was going to say, Diablo 3 is probably some of the worst game writing I've come across. It's bad. At least bad. I'm pretty sure it was trying to be good and it was it was abysmal. It's also like a record-breaking number of sales. Like it's like yeah. it's like Skyrim, where technically you have no to call it a success, but it's like though. oh, <clears throat> uh, monsters. I like werewolves a lot, but we've kind of you know in vampires, those kind of show up in fantasy sometimes, but they're they're more urban fantasy stuff these days. I did um my first book is a I don't know why I keep talking about my dump books, but. That, you know, this is a big thing of fantasy for me, is you, you spend a year and a half writing one. Um, first book was Talking Animals. One of the things I had a problem with with uh, Brian Jax's Redwall books is that there's the talking animals, and then there's, like, regular animals. It doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, why is there a talking dog, and then there's a regular dog? I love how, t- how Mickey's friend is goofy, but then, like, Mickey owns a dog, and it's like, does that ever come up? Yeah, that's fucking weird, right? I don't like that at all. It just seems it just 
it breaks immersion so hard. It's so so, uh, so in my book, <laughs> they're all talking animals, and then all of their regular wildlife are mythological animals in our world. So like like dragons and hippogriffs and uh, manacores and 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 uh, I, you know I was just doing like all this research on different like mythological creatures to put in this book as things that they could eat or ride or you know fight in the wild because those are the bad ones like basilisks. And I thought that was a really fun solution to that problem. It is. And again, it's kind of weird when there's like... um, it, there, There's actually kind of a funny gag on Final Fantasy XIV. Because there's these like cute cat girl player race. And whenever it comes up, like there, there's also just normal cats. So what's okay. funny is that one of the little like collectible pets you can get is this really fat cat. And it's just like it's super fat and it barely moves. Like it'll follow you, but it doesn't wander around like the other cats do. And if you read the description, it'll go like, you know, this cat is so fat and lazy that it just loafs around all day. Uh, the Makote insists that they are not related to this uh, genealogy. <laughs> and it's like a it's a funny thing where like I kind of want them to put in like a weird little like drunk monkey that will follow the humans around in the same way. <clears throat> Yeah. Well, I'm sick of talking about your books. Let's talk about my comic. Um, okay, one of my favorite comic. monsters is Lamia. But this is one of those monsters where there's so many different variations. I'm not sure where that comes from. Um, I have to Google Lamia because I'm actually not It's sure like a half snake is. person. Like a mermaid, oh. but with a snake. Okay, that's what that thing is called. So... It's interesting because there are snake monsters in a lot of different cultures. So, like, you know how every culture seems to have dragons? Yep. A lot of cultures have snake monsters. And some of them are, like, all snake-like and they have forearms. Some of them are all snake-like and it's literally just a face of a human being in where the snake head should be. Uh, in India, there's the Naga, which... It's like a person, but it has a second snake head on top of their normal head. Yeah. But that's also weird naming because Naga is just the word for snake. So it's like, it's not even, I don't know. There's a lot of weird tweaks where it's like, should the female ones be attractive? Should the male ones have a snake head? Do they have venom? Do they use scimitars? There's like so many weird variations on what Alamia is that I find it really fascinating. Like I've seen like diagrams of what, their anatomy would be like they have two hearts they have one heart they have these kind of muscles they have these kind of ribs and it's like i've never seen a breakdown like this like even centaurs everyone kind of has a mental image of what a centaur should look like and they're like fine with it but people will debate over what a lamia should look like yeah i mean i'm googling them <laughs> and then i went to for affinity to see if i could find porn <laughs> um there, there's some yeah interesting stuff uh on how how cute they should be how much uh snake versus how much person like, I see one that's, like, an anime-style thing, and it's got, like, a skirt, but then it's also a snake, so why bother? So, the way I designed mine, uh, she has a human-like top half, but she's kind of ugly. Like, she has this, like, split lip so that her snake tongue can come out, and she has, like, a really, cute. like, snub nose, and it's, like... I, I designed these things on purpose so that it's like, you know what, I want to think about monster physiology, but also make her kind of cute in a, like, well, whatever kind of way. 
and it's funny because I'll like I made a character um on Second Life, and then people will literally message me that I have to stop using the character because it's too ugly. Huh. And it's like it's weird that I've never I've never seen character design that upsets people before. And it's designed a snake person, and people are like really polarized on it. I'm thinking like the biblical story of Adam and Eve. If it had been a lamia instead of a snake, I feel like that that could have been an anime. Yeah, probably is. It might be already. <laughs> You're right. Japan's gonna have beaten me to the punch. Um, oh, you know really what? We're we're actually wrapping up. Here. Do you want to have one more good point? Um, God, I wish so. I, I, I feel, it's one of those things where this is another topic where like there's a lot we didn't get to because we're drinking and incoherent. I mean, like the whole like high fantasy just as a a, a subgenre of the genre is something we could talk about. It's like, oh, a hero's got to save the fucking world, and it's usually black and white morality, good versus evil, inspired by Tolkien, and most of it's fucking terrible. Yeah. But most of everything is terrible. Yeah. It's sad. I wish I wish people had better standards. Well, Ready Player One comes out next week, so... We'll see. So, I'm gonna go see. So, I'm gonna go see Wrinkle in Time. Somebody, somebody on a podcast mentioned. Um, oh yeah, the Ready Player One comes out next week. <clears throat> and the co-host, who's like kind of indifferent to it, but he's aware of it, said like, "Oh yeah, isn't that like that's supposed to be the the pop culture movie to end all pop culture movies?" And the other guy said, "No, it's the pop culture movie to reference all pop culture movies." There you go. Okay. Well, hey, Glad Space. Um, I had a couple, and now they're kind of wishing, washing away. Well, you can think a little bit because mine's ready. Um, okay. Someone introduced me to this YouTube guy. He's he's really popular, so you might have heard of him already. Yeah. His name is Shadiversity. Have not. He, uh, he does. He he actually knows a lot about historically accurate, um, like medieval weaponry and and he like he collects swords and stuff so he does this cool breakdown where he'll talk about a topic and a lot of times it's like comparing uh armor types like uh like padded armor versus plated and what they actually do and what you would actually want to wear in a battle depending on who you're actually in battle with um things like you know castle design all kinds of like actually based in reality things but he started doing these little spin-off ones where he'll talk about like what's the best weapon for a dwarf to use or what would a minotaur use or like how would a fairy fight and he has huh. like logical reasons on like with the fairy one he talks about a uh, like proportional weight distribution where like you know how ants are really small but that means they can carry more so yeah. like he he did measurements and he theorized that like a lot of times you see fairy art where they have a little like needly sword but the sword could actually be like three times as long and they would still handle it okay. And if you assume that, then that means X. And then from that, that means Y. And he, you know, in like 10 or 20 minutes, he'll break down. This is why a minotaur would rather have a hammer. This is why, you know, an elf would rather have a, a dagger or whatever. <clears throat> that seems like really useful for people writing fantasy books. It is. Sometimes I do. It, uh, in fact, he did one on snake people, and he talks about the oh, different yeah? anatomies. Like, 
the the way he broke it down was it depends on the snake person but if they're venomous and if their tail is capable of constriction it changes their strategy on whether or not they want to do like a long range thing or if they just want to get in close because it might be practical for them to just throw a net and then grab somebody and crush them but if that's not really an option then here's what they would do with a pull arm or something yeah (laughs) so look up shadiversity it's pretty good stuff that sounds it's like something I definitely need to look into. Yeah, you you would you would probably enjoy it a little bit. He did one about I, yeah. wizards. Ooh. Uh. Best medieval weapons for wizards. In fact, I'll link to that one in the show when I when I print it. So guys just click on the link below. Nice. Okay, I'm trying to, I'm still trying to think of like Sometimes I have like concepts so that make me happy and I want to talk about it and sometimes it's like dumb things I bought. And I don't know which one I want to do this week. <laughs> I guess... You know, Sennheiser make a really good pair of headphones. If you need a new pair of headphones, Sennheiser make me glad. Because I, I broke a pair. It was my fault. And I was like, I'm going to get another pair of these, though. These They're, they're earbuds. They're like 15 bucks, another 5 for shipping. They're the best pair of earbuds I've ever had. I, I've I've gone back to this brand a couple times now because I'm really mean to my headphones. And then I have a pair of $100 ones from them too that I use for audio mixing, and those sound real nice and crisp, and they even out the sound real well. And I, yeah, the, if you're listening to music, you're doing anything with music, you know, you should you should have some good equipment. And I feel like Sennheiser do good equipment for their price. That's a good one. I hope so. I feel like that was just a product placement. No, but it's something to be glad about. I like that. It is, yeah. My new ones are red. They look real fancy. Like a race car. Vroom. Guinness also continues to make me glad. I feel like I've done that one three or four times, though. That's fine. I don't think there's a curb on how glad you can be about beer. Mm-mm-mm. I found out, I was drinking a Coors uh, original. Coors Light sucks. Coors Gourmet, real good. Only kind of like... Uh... 10 or 11 carbs and like 100 some calories and it's 5%. That's not too bad. And it's like this is a great beer for all of those reasons. It's not going to make me that fat and it's going to get me drunk. Oh, yeah. I hope everybody had a hey, uh, one of those um safe St. Patrick's Days. Yeah, that's this weekend. Our, I live in a really booze-heavy town because, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, so it gets pretty fucking wild. I will be avoiting downtown lacrosse. I'm not. Day. I'm not big on St. Patrick's Day because it's stupid. Oh, let me find. There's a really fun uh, drinking song by Royal Bliss that's uh, it's either Scottish or Irish. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. All for me, grog. Uh. That's a that's a really holy shit. Why is that a seven and a half minute fucking music <laughs> video? The song's like m- maybe two and a half minutes long. But yeah, if you get bored, um, all for me grogs. That that's that's a fun drinking song. So I you know I also recommend people. I've did like three glad spaces now. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not even three minutes long. What the fuck is this shit? Seven minute video. It's a dumb kind of radio rock drinking song, but it's got that Celtic sound to it that makes it a little special. Oh, on the on the topic of fantasy and music, 
Um, look up the last unicorn song done by Ninja Sex Party. Ooh, I like Ninja Sex Party. That's, That's a really good cover. And it's about a unicorn, okay. so it's gay. Yeah. Are we done now? I think we've we've been pretty glad. Oh, we didn't talk about unicorns. Do you like unicorns? Unicorns are alright. I mean, I did mention My Little Pony. I talked about Twilight porn. Okay. No, you're right. We're covered. We, we, we did it. <laughs> the only good unicorn is incest. Do you think they use their horn at all? Yeah. Like, is that, a, yes. is that an erotic zone on a unicorn? Yes. You haven't seen that? No. I'll link to some pictures in the comments below. Ah, <laughs> uh, you find the strangest porn. It finds me. It is kind of how it works, isn't it? There's always some asshole who's like, hey, look at this, it's weird. And you're just like, I guess I get to be that asshole to someone else, because I usually share too. Uh, you know what, I'll send you a link to the World of Warcraft Discord I'm in, because all it is is just weird stuff like that. Like, it's not even World of Warcraft anymore. I'm down, yeah. So anyways, Every time you see good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. <laughs>